0: the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Got a power pack show for you today. We're going to talk a little game six of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. And I got my guy, my guy, Cody Davis of Sports Illustrated, who covers the Houston Rockets. He'll be joining me today to talk some NBA draft, Christian Wood trade. It's Steven Silas on the hot seat, head coach for the Houston Rockets. And I'll get his Game 6 prediction for the NBA Finals. But I'm going to jump right into this thing. Game 6 of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics is huge. It's huge for the the, the Golden State Warriors who are seeking their uh, another NBA title. It'll be the fourth for Steph. It'll be the fourth for Clay. It'll be the fourth for Steve Curry. It'll be the fourth for Draymond Green. They're, they're, they're seeking a, another NBA title. But I think that the biggest pressure is on the opposite team. And in particular, one player, Jason Tatum. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing with Jason Tatum. I I like Jason Tatum. I think that Jason Tatum is a baller. I think that Jason Tatum is going to be a superstar in this league. I don't think that he's a superstar now. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. I think that uh, this is a great learning experience for him, being in the NBA Finals right now, being in the NBA Finals at a young age. I think that that will help him out later on in the future. I think right now the stage is too big. And I think that where the NBA messed up, so if you all heard me on uh, In the Trenches with uh, Indy Kalou on Sports Talk 790, I'm a guest host over there three times a week. Indy and I talked about this, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. had to be a couple, yeah, Indy and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago at the end of the Eastern Conference Finals and the end of the Western Conference Finals. And now what they've done is they're giving a MVP to, they're giving a a conference finals MVP. Steph Curry won it for the Western Conference. And Jason Tatum won it for the Eastern Conference. And I told N.D. that I don't like that. I don't like the fact that they're giving them these trophies because it almost feels like a participation trophy. And if you don't win it all, then what happens? If the Boston Celtics do not win it all, if the Boston Celtics do not win the 2022 NBA Finals, Jason Tatum has an empty trophy. Jason Tatum has a participation trophy that Eastern conference finals trophy, MVP trophy. What is that going to mean? That just means that you were the best in the Eastern conference, but you're going to end up being the second best in the NBA. And I get that. I, I get people, are. you know, there's a lot of teams who would love to be participating in the NBA finals right now, but that. Eastern Conference, what, what do they call it? The Larry, is. I don't know what the actual name of it is. I think it's like the Larry Bird Trophy, if I'm not mistaken. That's given to the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals. How, what is Jason Tatum going to do now? Where, I mean, he, he's going to put it up in the trophy case, of course, because it's the very first one. But like, if you look at the, every time you look at that and, and you lose the NBA Finals, what is it going to do? It's going to remind you that you lost gonna remind you that yeah I was good here but I wasn't good enough to win this title that's why I say just stick with the finals MVP and keep it pushing keep it moving now on the flip side I know Steph Curry won the uh, Magic Johnson Western Conference MVP award if he wins the finals he'll win the finals MVP award which one you think gonna mean the most to him Which one do you think is going to stand out the most? Which one you think he's going to look at and be like, damn, I did that. And that's no knock at Magic Johnson. I want to make sure that I put that out there because those Lakers fans, they're rabid. They come for blood. They come for blood for their own. Anthony Davis said he ain't picked up a basketball since April and the fan base went crazy. And I'm saying to myself, why? The NBA season technically isn't even over yet. So when Steph Curry walks by his trophy case and he sees that Western Conference Finals MVP, and then he sees that Finals MVP, if he wins it tonight, which one do you think he's going to like the most? Compared to Jason Tatum, if they don't win and he walk by and look in his trophy case and he just see the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, wondering and saying to himself, what could we have done? What could I have done? And will I ever get back to that point to where I... I'm in this position again, because I don't feel like, look, my, my initial, my initial prediction was golden state in six. That was it. I had golden state in six and I, 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 like, I like the Boston Celtics. I like the, the, the way that they're made up. I think they could definitely use a point guard. I don't believe in their guard play at all. I don't believe in Derek White. And I don't believe in Marcus smart. I believe in Marcus smarts defense. But I don't believe Marcus, believe in Marcus Smart as a point guard who could run that team effectively. It's too much, Jalen Brown, and it's too much. It's too much Jalen Brown and too much Jason Tatum doing ISO driving, kicking. That's, that's too much. That's a lot of pressure on those two guys who shouldn't have to do that. You should have you an effective point guard who could do that. Marcus Smart isn't that. I, he's just not. I mean, if we're gonna call it, what if we're gonna call a spade a spade? Let's call a spade a spade. He, he's not. So I, I do like, you know, I, I do like the way that Robert Williams play. I do like the way Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown plays. You know, Al Horford, well, you know, you've heard previous podcasts. It, it's time. Al Horford should go ahead and call it a, a call it a day. Win, lose, or draw in the NBA Finals. Al Horford should just tip his head and say, I'm done. Ride on off into the pasture and do what it is. But do, do whatever Al Horford does. It's just it. So if they don't win tonight, if the Boston Celtics don't win tonight, this is going to fall squarely on the shoulders of Jason Tatum. Because when they look at that team, yes, Jalen Brown is on that team, but that team is Jason Tatum's team. And he has to be able to look over on the other side of the court and see what a superstar does in these type of situations. Steph Curry is a superstar, super-duper-duper star. Oh, me, I'm super fly, super-duper fly. I can't stand the rain. I don't even know where that came from. But you got to be able to look over at Steph Curry and see that guy's a superstar. That guy's been here before. He's led his team to, to, to the promised land. Here we are again, him trying to lead his team to the promised land. You need to be able to look over there. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. I know Kobe is your idol, and Kobe is a goat. Kobe is one of the top 10 players in the NBA all time. Kobe Kobe had championship pedigree. God rest his soul. Kobe had championship pedigree. But you got a walking living example of championship pedigree that you're playing against right now. You need to be picking up all kinds of traits and habits that Steph Curry has. Because if the Golden State Warriors win, he will be the finals MVP. And that's who you're going to want to, to, to get pointers and tips from, because the Boston Celtics as of now is your team. And if you can't lead your team, I don't know what to tell you, but if y'all lose tonight, I promise you with everything, every ounce of being in my heart, I will be right back here on this podcast. To roast you We're about to take a break When we come back We got Cody Davis From Sports Illustrated Talking to some uh, NBA draft And some Houston Rockets We'll be back
1: I just looked at my wrist I got time today Get them crossing the line today The hate be so real The love be fake Be bumping they gums And bumping my tape Don't go against me They' ass on
0: my Hey Welcome back You're tuning in to Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast. I'm your host, Big Sergeant. joining me in the barracks today is none other than the thorn in my (laughs) side. That little nagging nose hair that you could never get. Mm, That little mm. little piece on the back of your hair that you just like, how did the barber (laughs) miss this one? No, right now I'm joined by Cody Davis, beat writer uh, for Sports Illustrated, he covers the Houston Rockets.
1: Cody, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, doing good. I you should you should have told me we was doing a video. I would have changed my hat. You know, you know, I got my, my my Texans hat right there where I could just you know put it on because you know I gotta shave some things up under this hat. Know what I'm yes, saying? Yeah. But other than that. <Dude>
0: do not and i repeat do not take that hat off
1: i could have put my rocket's hat on but it's good it's good it's good
0: hey listen my wife's about to walk through that door any second now and if she open up that door and see your hair she line to divorce me <laughs> cody We're less than a week away, if I'm not mistaken. Less than a week away from the uh, 2022 Mm -hmm. NBA draft. The Houston Rockets have the third overall pick Mm -hmm. this year. Cody, do you see them repeating the same success that they had last year in getting Jalen Green and Alperin uh, Shingun, Josh Christopher, I don't know, I almost messed his name up, Mm -hmm. and uh, Uzma Garuba? Do you see them having that success this year?
1: I think it's possible. I mean, when you say repeating success, it's kind of funny because it almost seems like I'm about to repeat the same thing, say it for the Texans, about two months ago when you talk about (laughs) the success that they had in 2021 and could he, Nick Casario do it again in 2022. But of course, as far as can Raphael Stone repeat the success of having a successful draft, I'm going to say yes because similar to last year, Raphael Stone has multiple draft picks in the first round. Because, look, say what you want about the Houston Rockets and how their season ended in 2022, which you can't deny. Raphael Stone ended up having arguably the best draft class out of the entire NBA. And when you take a look at what Jalen Green can possibly be, and I'm talking about our, I'm already considering considering Jalen Green to be a cornerstone player for this organization. Then you take a look at Alperen Sengun, a guy that you are considering to be a future MVP candidate. I'm going to disagree with that only because yes. that's how high yes. I think of Jalen Green. Now, hopefully, things work out and they have two MVP candidates. Who knows? I call but him then- I call him JJ. Hey, Junior, <laughs> that's what I call Alperen. And, and then and then, of course, you 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 take a look at Garuba. I think you know, because after the departure of Christian Wood, I think that's going to give him a realistic opportunity to go out there on the court showcase what he can do. Then you got my then you got my guy, Josh Christopher. I really do believe that he's going like to Josh. establish himself as a true six man for this organization. And I could see him developing into, let's say, a Jordan. Uh, Jordan Clarkson role, somewhere along those lines. Well, if you need someone to come off the bench. Hold on. Let me stop you right there. Because you bring up
0: an interesting point. I, I too, am a Josh Christopher fan. I Mm -hmm. I think that Josh Christopher, if we're being, if we keep it at 100 right here on Sports Talk with Big Sarge, I think he's the most fundamentally sound player Mm -hmm. that the Rockets got in the draft last year. And that may be due to the one year of college that he played. So if you say he's the six man, does Dacia Nix fit anywhere in this rotation?
1: As well, but here's the thing: I'm I'm not looking at it for 2023. I'm looking at these players for what the future could be for every single gotcha. one of these guys, okay. and I can see christopher getting a starting role but I, I i see him playing let's say a two or whatever the case might be the, the the nugget in this whole factor is whether or not kevin porter jr is going to continue to develop of course if he continues to, to develop you're looking at a situation where he along with green they're going to shed a backcourt they're going to shed a backcourt together however you know so that's why with Knicks, uh, rafael stone and him believes in Knicks. I haven't seen enough to say I believe in Knicks as well. However, look, 2023, that's going to be another developmental year, and maybe he's going to take that that next step forward. But I say all that just to say, as of right now, what Raphael Stone was able to do, you got your your franchise cornerstone in green. You got your all-star caliber player in Shagoon. You have a guy who can take the ham as a starter. If you need him to be your sixth man or whatever the case might be, he's going to play an important role for this organization. Then you have some untapped potential, some untapped promise in Uzwan Garuba. I literally just gave you four important attributes that every rebuilding team needs in hopes of, of having a successful rebuild. I can see Raphael Stone repeating that same success because now you have found that franchise cornerstone Jalen Green you no longer have that pressure I believe in Paolo Banquero. Of course, I think we all agree. We have been told this prior to the the two thousand and twenty one uh, two thousand and twenty two season. Yes, you know we we was already being told that the Rockets was already was already getting some interest and already getting themselves prepared to see what the, they have to do in order to get their hands on Paolo. So, for the sake of this argument, we're going to keep it at Paolo. I think Paolo is going to be able to take the helm as an additional. Alperen Shagoon as somebody who can be another all-star caliber player in the future that you can pair alongside Jalen Green. And then in terms of filling out the rest of your roster, so we're not looking at bad basketball for the next two or three years. <laughs> in terms of what they were able to do with the number 17 pick and what they were able to do with the, what is it? The number 26 pick
0: yes. that they
1: got back from Dallas in a deal that they sent back from to Christian Wood. This draft doesn't have a can't-miss prospect, but it does have young players to where you say if you put them in the right system, you put them in the right development, you give them the right head coach. And I think Steven Salas is phenomenal in terms of how he's able to develop young talent, i.e. ask LeBron, i.e. ask Steph Curry, i.e. ex Luka Doncic, i.e. ask Baron Davis and Kimball Walker. All of these guys have talked about how Steven Silas was someone that they can go to when they was trying to establish themselves in the league, and look, I get it. LeBron, Steph, they're on a different level, but in terms of more of a realistic level, as in, let's say, Baron Davis or even Kimball Walker, you're talking about guys who were very respectable in the league, made all-star appearances. I think in terms of what this draft has to offer, that is going to be best for the Houston Rockets because, like I mentioned, you're no longer looking for that Who can I make my cornerstone players for the next five to seven years? You got that in Jalen Green. And it's going to give you so much potential to develop with Steven Silas in terms of making this rebuild successful in 2023 and beyond.
0: Wow. that's uh, You know what? And I'm sitting here thinking and, you know, listening to you talk, and I'm thinking at the same time, and I was like, there is nothing that you are saying that is wrong. Like, everything you're saying is on point. And I'm saying to myself – Wow! Like he done hung around me long enough to have some actually, <laughs> actual some good things. Look, look, I sure, feel sure, proud sure. right now. Hey, look! <laughs> hey, the nineteenth is coming up, right? That's Father's Day, right? <laughs> I, 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 I feel like the media, like the media father. Like, oh, I'm so proud! I almost shed one of those thug tears. Real quick. Oh
1: quick. my God!
0: Real quick, you brought up
1: Christian Wood. Hmm. My guy. That's <laughs> right. I said it. My guy. We, you know, you know us, Sarge. We we bonded over Kobe. We bonded yes. over Kobe. My yes. favorite Christian Wood story. Um, I forgot who they was playing against. It was me, you, and Wood. And you had asked Wood something. I think he had just came back from an injury. I don't know whatever the case might be. And something was said about a goat. And I looked at Christian Wood and you were standing right there. And I told him, I said, I said, Yo, Christian, Kobe's your goat, right? And he looked at me and said, Yeah. That's my goat. <laughs> and then he stormed off and went. And that was a that's a I moment I was,
0: practices
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. It was, it was a practice. I, I, yeah. We must have had like our 100th argument about who's the goat or whatever the case might be. I think I just said, let's ask Wood who the goat is because I already knew who his answer was gonna be. Wow.
0: But hey, uh, uh... <laughs> ask Josh Christopher, because you know who his goat is. Oh man,
1: oh don't don't, don't get me started on he that.
0: Hold <laughs> But you know, um uh, <clears throat> What was that? Uh Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Mavericks traded for Christian Wood. And you know, without getting into the particulars, because I don't want to go into, you know, what the Rockets got back outside of a first round draft pick. The other players, they're irrelevant. I don't see them keeping any of the players that they're going to get back mm-hmm. that they're getting in this trade. And you know, trading away Christian Wood. I understand Christian Wood isn't a max player. I get that. I got it. Do you think that? One of the reasons Christian Wood may not have thrived the way he could have thrived here with the Houston Rockets was because he was out of position because they started Jay Sean Tate at the four a lot and started Christian Wood at the five. And I'm a firm believer that Christian Wood is one, not a center. He's Mm -hmm. not a five. He's, you know, he's the equivalent to, you know, you go to the court, and the tallest guy there, you automatically assume that he's a center. So you automatically yeah. expect him to be down low in the post, playing the post position and you're saying to myself, no, I'm a stretch four. Like, I, I can shoot. You know, I, I, my handles aren't the best, but, you know, I operate facing the basket, not with my back to the basket. And so mm-hmm. I think that – do you think that the Rockets are going to miss a player like Christian Wood? Or do you and, and do you think that do you think the Rockets are gonna miss him at any point during this rebuilding season? And because there were some games where Christian Wood took over. He's the leading scorer and the leading rebounder for, for the Rockets this the past last
1: two years. The last two years.
0: Yeah. And so you think at any point in time the Rockets are going to to miss his athleticism? And you know, I get it. He has some deficiencies on the defensive end, but offensively, he gave you a lot. He could stretch the floor, he could hit, you know, those threes. And And what do you think that Dallas is getting and where do you think he positions himself or how how successful do you think he'll be being paired up with a superstar like Luka
1: Doncic? Mm, I I look at that from three different ways Um, to say does. Will the Rockets miss Christian Wood this season? I'm going to say no, but I think they will possibly miss him when you look at games where had they had a guy that can go out and give you 20 points and 10 rebounds in a winnable game, because yes, the Houston Rockets did in, you know, the season with the league's worst record for the second consecutive year, those guys do not like to lose, you know, Steven Silas, he understands, you know, that development is important, but I understand, but he also wants to win. And, I'm very interested to see what is going to be the objective for this organization next season because you were standing right there with with, with me, along with Kelly, along with Jonathan, along with the rest of Houston media. Steven Salas said something that I'm going to – I'm not going to say I'm going to hold him accountable, but it's something that I'm going to keep my eye on. And he said the mistakes that he allowed this season is not going to take place again next season, which uh, means yeah. – you know, even if development was the number one factor in 2022, this is an organization that's going to want to win more than 20 games next season. However,
0: uh, wait, hold on. How many games will it take for it, it? How many games will it take in the beginning of the season for them to lose in order for him to be on the hot seat? Because we understand the first that's... year. The first year there was a lot of turmoil and then covet. I mean, you you got yeah. Russell Westbrook leaving, you got James Harden leaving. There was a lot of turmoil. Players were in and out. Um, then the second year, I'm sorry, and then you get covet, you know. Uh no, I'm sorry, it wasn't COVID. He he came after the
1: bubble, correct? Yeah, he came after the bubble, but no, it was sorry, still like that that weird covet, non-covid yes. and, season,
0: and that's where I'm getting it so. You know, he, the things that he had to deal with was no Russell Westbrook, no James Harden in the first season. Yeah, and then there was a lot of a lot of turnover for the Houston Rockets. Second season, you have a bunch of young players. Mm-hmm. You're trying to develop. You develop four players under the age of twenty, and you also have uh, what you, your one of your starters is twenty one and Kevin Porter Jr. And you know you got KJ Martin who's also young. And so last year was a development year. So he's going into his third year and and i didn't mean to cut you off but when you said that i'm thinking is he also being evaluated this year Or does he have an opportunity to say now that you have all the factors in place you have your players back from last year the first two years okay we get it is this his first year where they're going to say okay you got everything you need we got your draft picks we got you you know Whatever the case, we got you, everything that you need, all the tools that you pretty much need to be somewhat successful and not coming last in the nBA this year. but if he starts losing at the beginning of the season, is he on the hot seat or will is his job secure for this season
1: <laughs> it I'm gonna say for the sake of this topic right now. is think I going put your credential to... in Jeopardy? No, 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 <laughs> okay. you didn't. Because first and foremost, I love Steven Solis. Like, yeah. I'm rooting for him. Like, the things he had to go through was just totally unfair for him. I mean, this guy was coming in. I mean, everybody knows the story. He was coming in thinking you about to coach, you know, two first ballot Hall of Famers, and you turn around and your best player is Christian Wood. And, you know, then there was the wild wow factor era where we thought the Rockets was going to be okay, and then <laughs> boom, you know. Factor. But, you know, I'm going to answer this in two different ways to tie it all back to Christian Wood. In terms of will he be on a high seat, I think it's all going to depend on the development of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Because since you have taken Christian Wood out of it, you have now looked at Kevin Porter Jr. And you damn sure has now looked at Jalen Green and said, OK, this is now your team. And the success that we want to have, that we're hoping to have, is riding on our shoulders. If he is getting evaluated next season, I'm going to go off the limb and say it is still unfair. Because, yes, you are getting a guy, in Paolo that I think is going to have a phenomenal career, But at the same time, it's going to take him a while to develop himself and establish himself in the NBA. And this this team, you know, from what it's looked like on paper, unless they can go out and get somebody um, in free agency that they can sign just to be a force in the locker room as a leadership. This team doesn't it's still lacking a leader. And that's what I think they need the most out of anything. So, in, in that aspect of it, I mean, if you go into training camp, you go into preseason, and Jalen Green and and, and and Kevin Porter Jr., and even Elperin should go into a certain extent. If those three guys take that leap where you can say, you know what, I feel comfortable to say the ceiling of this organization is competing for a play in tournament. Let's say you go from 15 to number 11. I think number 11 is still out of the play in tournament, but at least you keep your name in the ringer for an extremely long time. Then I could say, okay. Now you can say that this is an evaluation season for Steven Silas. But if you don't see that, that development out of those two guys, and then you bring bringing in more young talent, then it's like, okay, we're going into our third season, and Silas still hasn't had an opportunity to prove his worth as a coach with fair talent, with quality talent, and most importantly, experienced talent. And experienced talent is the number one thing that I think Stephen Silas has missed through his entire head coaching tenure with the Houston Rockets. With that being said, to go back to your original question about whether or not the Houston Rockets will miss Christian Wood, I'm going to say no once again because at the end of the day, the most important thing for this organization is development. However, those games like um, I want to say the last game against the San Antonio Spurs when you lost by, what was it, three points. Um, Matter of fact, that whole run, the whole two, three weeks, end of the season run last year where the Rockets, they lost majority, if not all of their games, but excluding a game against the Hawks, and I might be missing one more. The Rockets were in a lot of those games and yes, i i looked at that and i said and you saw they was competing you saw jalen green kevin porter jr all these guys were finding their groove but they was missing something and that one thing that they was missing was a christian wood because he can go out there and give you that extra 10 to 15 points that you needed to go out and give you those um five to seven rebounds that they actually needed and i'm pointing that out and yes i understand that this is a guy who damnly averaged 20 and 10 during his entire career with the houston rockets but had he been in those games and you go back and take a look at those games, it's because the Rockets got out rebounded against the game against the, I think it was the Indiana Pacers when we had them badass kids screaming behind us majority of the game. But when you go back, <laughs> when you go back and take a look at that game, exactly it was just screaming yeah! when you go back and you take a look at the games where you can say, Man, had they got an additional two or three rebounds, had they had an opportunity for somebody to go out there and create their own shot like a Christian Wood, what if then the, the competitive aspect, I would say they would miss him at the beginning of the year. So and, and, and to answer your other question about what the Dallas Mavericks are getting in Christian Wood, I think the Dallas Mavericks, of course, if Christian Wood have his head all straight, because you know. There was times where, you know, he, he wasn't good for the locker room, but that is important because I think Christian Wood is going to a team where not only he's able to play his role as a four, but he's also going to a team where he can play his role as the second, possibly third best player, a role that he originally came and signed with the Houston Rockets. Now I get it, Um, I I can't remember, by the time he signed with the Rockets, I don't know if Russell Westbrook was already out the door or his departure probably came one or two days, um, you know, after Wood signing. I, I can't remember. I got to go back and see the timeline. But at the end of the day, Christian Wood at least thought, you know, I could have a season with with, with James Harden. And I know James Harden can help me get to that level of an all star caliber player where he wants to be. With that being said, with him going to Dallas, I could see him making more sacrifices in terms of the mental aspect that wasn't all always there with the Houston Rockets. That's going to give him an opportunity to get, get his head on straight. The Christian Wood that we would have seen had James Harden stayed, that is what the Dallas Mavericks is going to get, which I think is going to be the best version of Christian Wood.
0: Wow. All right, I got get ready to get up out of here, man, and, you know, Everything you just said, I'm sitting here listening. I was like, if only John Wall would have just played.
1: Boy, man. If only
0: John Wall would have just bought in to. But then again, we'll look at it. I'm going to say this. um, You know, one one thing you brought up about leadership. um, With Kevin Porter Jr., I think he's ready to be a leader. I think he's starting to to put his head on – to get his head together. And that last stretch with him and Jalen, when it was just him and Jalen, they took over and they did what they – you know, they did what they did the last, what, month or two of the season. After the All-Star mm-hmm. break, those two really stepped it up. One thing that I loved about watching Kevin Porter Jr., and it's the small things. It's the small things that people need to take notice of when you see these players evolving. You Notice he stopped complaining to the refs a lot. Yes. The moment he stopped complaining to the refs and just kept playing, and I think that had a lot to do with him looking over and seeing, because Jalen Green doesn't complain a lot. Hmm. He doesn't. He'll he'll say, yo, I got hit or whatever, but he doesn't complain a lot. He just keeps playing. That's what I seen from Kevin Porter Jr. When he stopped complaining so much, what does that do? Now he's not on the other end while rest of the team is down there playing defense. He's getting back on defense, and then it's keeping him aggressive because now he's put it in the ref's ear. Hey, look, I'm getting beat up. You know, they're beating me up, but I'm going to keep driving and keep going to the basket. And so that was part of the leadership leadership, and the growth that I've seen for him towards the end of the season that I want to see him carry over. All right, game six of the NBA Finals. This tonight between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are up three to two. I had, uh, my original pick was Golden State in six, and I'm sticking with that, even in Boston. Who you got tonight?
1: Golden State. It's going to be another title. By the way, Steph is about to win number four, and Bron has four. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's all I'm going to say. Look, look, uh, that's another topic for another day. You say you got to go, and that's going to keep us here for probably another hour. But with that being said, yeah, I, I got Golden State win, and I think Boston had an opportunity to steal another game from Golden State. They probably their best chance to of, of stealing a championship from Golden State came what was that Monday or Tuesday night when you went into the fourth quarter. I think they was up or maybe they was down. one. I, I, I really can't remember right now. Monday but, night, yeah, Monday night. But they they came that third quarter run that they went on. In game five, especially with Steph Curry struggling, that was their moment. That was their moment. And the fact that they let that slip away and Steph is in this is in the stratosphere now. I'm looking at him like guys like Kobe, like Jordan, like, like, like Hakeem, like, Akeem, like LeBron to, to the point. The Warriors to the, took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, the Warriors Championship took it. Pedigree. But once again, like if you let that game slip away, When Steph look human, that's scary.
0: Too many weapons.
1: Exactly. The the Warriors. Exactly. So
0: here's the thing. They have too many weapons, one. And two, they have a very good system that allows other players to get themselves involved and to be successful. First, it was Jordan Poole. Mm -hmm. That was Andrew Wiggins. I'm so so happy
1: for him, by the way.
0: (laughs) You spend so much time focusing on trying to stop Steph. You spend so much time focusing on trying to stop Clay. You don't really worry about Draymond, which, when you with with Steph doing what he's doing, changing the dynamics of the defense, it's allowing Draymond to roam free again. And a roaming free Draymond is a dangerous Draymond because he sees the court very well. Mm-hmm. But that's why you you gotta with them. You gotta pick your poison. It's like you have to pick your poison. Who are you going to hold, or what are you going to do, or what type of you can't look, you can't go to zone because <laughs> Steph and Clay are zone busters. You exactly. can't play drop coverage because Steph and Clay will kill you. You can't go man to man because they will screen you to death to get they'll run, they run Steph off of three screens to get him open. Can you imagine <laughs> going through that? If you're if you're let's just say Marcus Smart. You're market smart and you're going through constant screens for four quarters. Like by the time the fourth quarter comes,
1: everybody in that condition, like Steph. So you exactly. know
0: exactly. Get... And,
1: right, and uh, I was just gonna say real quick, and another thing. I mean, Boston, they 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 just too young, man. Anytime there's a young team that that made it to the finals and they're going up against a veteran, well-established team, it always goes to the veteran. I mean, hell, just take a look at the 95 Rockets against the magic. <laughs> And without a point guard, they won't be back. All right. Hmm. Tell them where they can find you at. I know where they can find a point guard right here in the city of Houston. <laughs> but as always, Cody Davis, please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because Kobe Bryant is my goat. And you know,
0: Kevin Hart has this thing where he's like, I'm just gonna let that joke. I'm just gonna let that die. Like right there. Just I'm gonna gonna, gonna let I'm gonna gonna be quiet. Let it just right there. Like right right there. Hey, what you got coming up, man? What you working on? Draft stuff for the Rockets?
1: Yeah, a lot of draft stuff for the Houston Rockets, of course, you know, over at my Texan stuff, um, just so like, just finishing up some mini camp stuff, um, which is that's about to be quiet for a little bit, which is good, by the way. I'm so happy I ain't got to talk about the other guy that used to wear number four. But, um, but yeah, but in terms of the Houston Rockets, just getting prepared for the draft, which is literally a week away, literally. So I'm going to be, you know, drenched in that. And um, the Houston Sabercats. Western Conference Finals. They got their game going on this Saturday at Aviva Stadium. So please be sure to come on out. See your Shout boy in the Yes, sir. So you know, I got my hand all over the place right now, man. Man, I would love to come out there and support the Sabercats. But you can, mean, you can. But I-, but I give you two free tickets. You and your wife could come.
0: Nope, the communication department doesn't like to feed me. And the you could come as a fan. You could come as a fan. Nope, the Astros are, the Astros are back in town. <laughs>
1: The Astros got like ninety eight more games to play. This is the Western yeah, Conference Finals of the Houston Sabercats rugby, by the way. For those of you guys who don't know,
0: yeah. So the Astros are back in town. You know they got they. And they're gonna win. Game.
1: They're gonna win. You already know they're, they're gonna, gonna
0: win. Who they play? Who the they Astros, play against? The White Sox this weekend. They have the White Sox, and then they have the Mets. You know, I have to be there because. They got some hit, some guys with some hidden streaks going on over there. They just came off a game where they had two pitchers make history by throwing immaculate innings, and immaculate innings means that it only took them nine strikes to get out three batters. Like, it's a lot going on. You know, i had have to sit down and explain it to you. And at that time, you can explain to me about, you know, the Sabercats and why the communication department don't feed the media. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end. You can find me at sports.com And as always, you can listen to me on In the Trenches, hosted by former NFL player Indy Kalu, 10 to 12 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Sports Talk 790. I'm out.